0: All right, welcome back to That 70s Card Show. My name is John Keating, and I thank you for joining me as I take a look back at the cards and the culture of the very colorful 1970s. We'll revisit a more simple time in our hobby by taking a deep dive into the sets and the stats with a generous amount of dad facts sprinkled in. That 70s Card Show is currently sponsored by nobody. If you have a comment or suggestion, I urge you to drop me a line at that70scardshow at gmail.com. 70s card on Twitter, or uh, the comments of, or thumbs down on YouTube, that 70s card show. This is episode 78, and I'm dangerously close to being towards the end of my uh, mini series run of talking to uh, completely awesome collectors that I appreciate and uh, admire and look up to. So, episode 78, we'll get to what we're going to talk about, but right now we're going to get to who we're going to talk about it with. Here is Ed from Safe at Home Sports Cards. Ed, how are you doing? I'm well, John. Thank you for having me on. Good. You are, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in the smallest state in the United States. Is that correct? Yes, I am.
1: Right on the coast
0: of Rhode Island. And you probably, do you have the biggest collection in the smallest state? Or is that up for I'm not sure about that, but I have (laughs) my
1: favorite collection.
0: (laughs) Sweet. So, obviously, judging by uh, Ed's... Accent, he does not root for the socks, he reached for the socks, the Sox. s-a-w-x's out of yeah. Boston. Uh, I too am a Boston Red Sox fan, uh, more so a Yaz fan and a Ted Williams and all that stuff from the 70s. But, um, you're Boston Red Sox through and through. Uh, how did all of this start, Ed? How did you become uh, the man in Rhode Island? Uh, I don't know about Rhode Island, but, um,
1: my passion for baseball started as far back as I can remember. My dad played ball, and um, I was born with a baseball in
0: my hand. Where did your dad play? Which where, uh, where my dad, he, was, he played locally. Okay. He Semi-pro locally. or whatever you call that? Uh,
1: yeah, something, something like that. Okay. But, um, you know, he was always playing. I was always going to the field with him when I was a little kid. Right. Um, always playing in the backyard. You'd come home from work throw balls a mile high in the sky that I will lose sight of. And, um, but I was always dragging him out there to play catch and he was always willing. And he fed that passion for me
0: from the time I can remember. What was your, uh, first game that you went to? Do you remember that?
1: Yes. First game I went to was 1972. They were playing the Oakland A's, you know, the colorful Oakland A's with the green jerseys.
0: World champion A's, right?
1: And, um, we had tickets behind the Red Sox dugout for a doubleheader.
0: Oh my gosh. I,
1: I was there with my father and I and my cousin and my uncle. And did- I remember the second game, Doug Griffin came out and his shirt was stained. And we're like, well, his wife probably didn't want to do his laundry after the first game.
0: Seven years old. We don't know. We don't yeah, right, right. Oh, <laughs> uh, so going into that game, did you uh were you just there for the experience, or were there? Were you there to see any of the particular players? Did you know the names? Oh, yeah. Did you know oh, the yeah. numbers?
1: Yeah, okay. I knew back in uh, that that season was. Um, well, you had Yaz, you had Pudge, um, Dewey hadn't come up yet at that point. That was like July of seventy-two. Um, no, Re- uh, Reggie Smith on that team still. Reggie or no? Smith was there. I mean, Mike Aparicio, Andrews maybe. No, Andrews was already gone. He He's
0: Gone. Okay.
1: Um, had Okay. Um, we caught the second game with a doubleheader.
0: Americo was on that team, right?
1: Yeah. Rico was at third base. Yep. We had uh, Phil Gagliano in okay. left field. Um, who was at first then? First base was Yaz.
0: Yaz had moved from left yeah, field 70, to first. Yeah. Now, who was playing left field then?
1: Left field was Phil Gagliano. Well, the game I went to was Phil Gagliano. Okay. Interesting. Costco.
0: Um. Yeah, I was far away uh, down here in Pennsylvania, and I thought that Yaz was moved because of uh, Jim Rice, but that wasn't the case. He made that shift a little sooner. Yeah,
1: he had started playing first base sooner than that.
0: Okay, gotcha. Uh, Did the Red Sox win any of the games that day?
1: No, they lost both.
0: They lost both. Who was the manager right then? The
1: manager at that time was Eddie Casco.
0: Eddie Casco, okay. Wow, man, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh and so you were done man, you were a Red Sox fan for life at that point, oh, right? Yeah. What yeah. about the cards? Where did the cards come from?
1: The cards came in the, the following season, 1973. There was a little variety store outside of my school. And a, f- a couple of friends of mine went in there to play pinball and we there were baseball cards there. And one of the one of the older kids opened up a pack of cards and was like, "What's those?" <laughs> and that was the end. So right. I reached in my pocket, grabbed the dime, bought a pack, and in the first pack that I ever opened,
0: look at that man! Yes, Hold this on isn't a v card, but bring that up again. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. He he knew at that point. Uh, Yaz yes, knew how great he was. Uh, sure, and the rest of us were just catching on. You know, as far as us young kids that didn't see sixty-seven, right? Yeah, we uh, yeah. So. Uh, Favorite player. Who's your who was your favorite player growing my up? And does that player? still stay the same? Uh Jim Rice. Jim Rice, huh?
1: Jim Rice was always my favorite Red Sox player. I think because I got to see him in Pawtucket when he was just coming up. Okay. And I was able to watch him through his whole career. Uh, Yaz is a close one B, Pudge one C, Dewey one, you know, so <laughs> on. And, and Freddie Lynn, Those five. That's the that's uh, the, the group. But Jim Rice is always in my heart, has been a little bit A little bit above that. And I think it was because I was exposed to him right at the beginning of his career. And he played his whole career here. Right. True. You know, the rest of the guys outside of Yaz, they all, you know, they all went separate ways, not by their own choosing, but.
0: Right. Red Sox seem to have all those uh, strong silent type guys, right? Like you didn't hear anything from Rice or Evans or Yaz or even Ted Williams back in the day, you know, just let them do their stuff. Um, I can't help staring. I mean, I I see behind you. I see the Dewey jersey. Yeah, which, which I still have a problem with his name on the back. I I don't think. Yeah, it, yeah. That's yeah, uh, what are you going to do, right?
1: Sacrilege, I guess. Yeah. But he he did play with that uniform, just not with the name on the
0: back. Just not the name. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, more importantly, I see a beautiful display case with the entire yeah, oh, yeah. Has run. Uh, has has top Jazz run on has there. Has so.
1: run, right? Yep, sixty to eighty three.
0: So that's 73. We're going to talk today about the 73 set in more detail uh, once we get uh, through some of your uh, um, background here. Now that's 73. Did you get a handful of cards that summer? Did you get the whole set? What was your uh, Um, your game plan? You know, I mean, you're just just a kid, right?
1: I was just buying them and flipping them. I mean, not flipping them for money, flipping them against the wall. Yep,
0: yep, yep.
1: And uh, trading them and and trying to complete the set. I don't think I ever really did. I probably still have out of my original cards, probably about 300 of them.
0: That's Um, pretty cool.
1: I've been adding to it. I'm about 150 away from completing it. I'm trying to, I'm balancing that with my pursuit of the 65 set.
0: Uh um, Yeah, I know you and I have been in some, uh, Breaks group break. Said
1: matter of fact, I'm still waiting for my cards from that last one.
0: I got uh, I got got all my cards, but uh, what were you? Your weight, you needed the Rico, right? Or no, you needed the Canigliaro. is that right? The Tony C in that 65 or yeah, yeah, I
1: needed the Tony C, which was
0: which was nice. You're not just going to go out and buy that, huh? Well, I would have, yeah, I was
1: actually, I got into the break to see if I could get the mantle.
0: Oh, I got you, I got you, but uh, that didn't work. That didn't work. So you're not you're not done the seventy-three set yet though, you're telling me.
1: No, no. Seventy-three, I'm uh I got a lot that I think the only big boy I need is um Schmidtie. Schmidt, yeah. Um I yeah. have one of the other Hall of Famers. Um I have a Willie Mays that's somewhere here. That's creased from when I was a kid. I can't find it. But uh um, per-
0: perfectly creased, I like to say. Yeah. If it was creased it was with okay. uh, attitude. And, uh, yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. 50 years, so <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started on the modern collecting. Uh you're still <laughs> yeah. putting sets together, right? Is, yeah. Okay. So what do you what do you think you're did you complete a lot of the sets in the 70s after that as as you got older and as you've gone back, or are you still Got yeah, well, what
1: i What I've been doing is I've been backfilling as a kid. I kept most of my stuff from the 70s.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and i am just been kind of filling them in because I know ne- I was never really after completing the set once I had all the Red Sox sure. and all my other favorite players. Right. But now I'm just kind of you know chipping at it here and there.
0: Right. But I went
1: down a lot of rabbit holes. Right. Like I have to I have to like like yesterday I went into a show where I ran into Mark. We spent some time together. Uh-huh and um i was there strictly for 73 and i saw a lot of nice stuff and i'm like you know i'm not doing like,
0: <laughs> he's operate. a bad influence because he's yeah. not he's not a set completist he's got a lot of sets yeah complete that he did from way back but he's in a different game now he's looking for the oddball stuff so uh yeah yeah he's bad he, influence man when you walk around
1: with mark it's like you see things through his eyes and it's yeah. like it's amazing huh yeah he has such an amazing collection it's unbelievable
0: so you're still going to shows, which is great. Uh, yes. Like I said, you and I uh, were members of a break together, uh, separately but together, same break. Yep. Uh, yep. What What do you think? Where do you get most of your cards? I mean, it sounds to me like you, you're out there everywhere. You're in the LCSs, the shows, eBay. Yeah, you're just um, scraping would, every avenue, right?
1: Yeah, I'll, I will. Um, I'll scan eBay, and if I see something that's that I know is a really good buy, I'll grab it. Gotcha. Uh, if it's, you know, I'll shop around. I'll go. If there's a show coming up, there's a couple of shops that I'll go and check out. Um, I try not to do snap purchases unless it's, you know, a real good buy. Cause, yeah. I mean, eBay's okay, but you can't really see the card. So, depending on the type of card I'm looking for, like if it's a set filler, I kind of want to maintain a certain grade yeah. level. Yeah.
0: And you get those at shows for the most part, right? Yeah. Cause uh, I, I, I when I buy on eBay, it's usually stuff that I'm not gonna find at a show. Right. And uh it's it's tough to uh a lot of a lot of things are tough to get at a show, believe it or not. Especially you and I people like you and I who will collect everything. So you do have to find different avenues. You know, shows are great and all, but yeah. um you know, I buy a lot of lots and I know you sell I know you sell on eBay. What are you selling on eBay and where are you getting that stuff that you're selling eBay. on
1: eBay? eBay, I sell modern because I don't really collect modern. The okay. only thing I'll collect modern is my childhood heroes, if they have cards in a modern set, mm-hmm. whether it's Pudge, Yaz, Jackie Robinson, Duke Snyder, I collect a lot of Brooklyn Dodgers also. Right. Um, but So that, much fun
0: stuff out there, like the the new cards with the older players. Just yeah. So much fun stuff out there.
1: Yeah, and I'll I'll, I'll, I'll hunt that down. But basically, I will buy collections – um, bulk purchases, maybe at a flea market or something mm-hmm. like that. And, um, I will, I will get a case of, um, flagship okay, when it's released and I will portion that out. And I have a few people that I, I put stuff aside that they buy right, and the rest goes on eBay.
0: It's crazy because, uh, you know, you're of my generation and, and you're of my mind collecting, but you, it's neat to see. That you are involved in the modern game to that extent. Like I buy modern stuff, but not you know a case worth. And and uh, you're doing it, I assume, to fund other yes. avenues of the the hobby, right?
1: So. Yeah, that makes it easier on my wallet.
0: Right. So, yeah, how many years have you been doing that? And do you have a ton of cards just laying around from year after year after year, or are you able to move them pretty quickly?
1: Well, I don't have as much as Bo.
0: No, <laughs> he's. He's a businessman. That's why you and I are <laughs> yeah. you and I are just feeding our habits, um, right?
1: I probably I, I have probably a f- a three tier rack um, okay. of cards that I processed in from purchases. Um, right now, on my eBay store, I have about forty four hundred cards up. Gotcha. And I try. I've been just kind of organically growing that. Not right. trying to get too big too fast. I do what I can.
0: Yeah, no pressure, right? I mean, Then, yeah, then, so, then it becomes a chore, uh, right? You well,
1: know, my, goal, yeah. my goal with the eBay store is I want to retire in five years. Okay. Good and this you. I would like to build that business to the point where that would be a nice little side hustle, uh-huh. fill a couple of gaps. So that's that's my end game on that. So there's no there's no real hurry to grow it and make it super profitable at this time.
0: Are you staying put? Should you retire in five years or are you on the move somewhere? Oh,
1: probably going to end up in North Carolina. That's where my youngest daughter is settled in.
0: All right. Because me. Uh, who doesn't think about retirement uh, would be scared out of my pants the thought of moving everything in my basement uh, somewhere else. Which is still, if it's warmer and nicer and cheaper, that's fine. But uh, you have any trepidation about moving your your whole operation south? Not yet. No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> that that would cause some anxiety, <laughs> I think Ed. Once
1: sales sign goes on the house, <laughs> yeah. that, that might pick up.
0: See, that's another thing too, Ed. Is I'm paranoid about. If I do go to sell my house, which I for many years I said I wanted to sell every day because the prices were great on yeah. my house, yeah. but I'd be again crapping my pants, knowing that somebody would be down in my basement with my cards, uh yeah, you know, so that's oh. a whole other thing. I mean you can clean out some of the big guns, right, but still right. there's stuff there that I don't want people to see, uh which is odd because you know I show it on the internet all the time, but I don't want people. You know, when we have house cleaners come in, they they don't go in the basement. Right. Um, so, yeah. so that's that. Uh, you are uh, you're gonna eventually. You know what? You know what would be great about that? You can if you did that full time, and you didn't have to do it full time, but it took up a lot of your day in retirement. That would that's a pretty healthy retirement, I think, because you're still doing what you love. You're still sure. kind of bringing some money in uh, and keeping busy and all that stuff. So I know yeah. we only have so much time and bandwidth to deal with cards right now with life uh a lot of stuff gets in the way so but that's that's good to know that you have a plan yeah uh, or at least thinking about a plan again i i don't have a plan just because uh uh my parents didn't make it to retirement so i i'm convinced i won't either so i don't want to be i don't want to disappoint myself so i'll be i'll surprise myself more than disappoint myself. So. damn i lived that long yeah exactly right so i feel sorry for the rest of the world if i live that long so. yeah. So, uh, let's talk a little bit, uh, before we do that, what is your, uh, you know, you gave me three players. there as your favorite players. What's your favorite card, uh, that will be going with you in your pocket, uh, down to North Carolina instead of in a moving truck.
1: That will probably be my, uh, Jim Rice rookie card. That one I have, that one is the one I have. It's in my card room upstairs, but, uh. That's the one I pulled out of a pack in 1975.
0: Interesting that, um, and we'll t- I guess we'll talk about that a little bit with Schmidt here. Uh, you know, a four-player card, you know, you don't have any qualms about a four-player card being uh, your favorite, huh? There's three other guys on there. Who's, who else is on there? Not Jerry Manuel. Is he on there? Uh,
1: I can't even Don't know.
0: I get him and Lynn confused sometimes. Yeah, so. But uh, that's your favorite. Do you have that graded or is that, that's just, no, uh, no, I just down I, and dirty?
1: I, it's in a um, one-touch.
0: One touch. There you go. And do you grade your stuff or no?
1: Um, only I will grade like the older stuff.
0: Okay. So. And do you buy graded? So do you buy raw and grade or do you buy yeah, graded?
1: I will, I will buy graded um, of the old stuff, like the ads. I want to put that whole whole graded run together. Mm-hmm. Um, when I buy graded, I'm not so so particular about the grade, um, but it tells me it's authentic.
0: Yeah, for sure, no, man. It's for the a most, huge thing. Anyway. Yeah, I'm the same way. Ed. I, I, 'Cause there's you and I grew up in an era, uh, obviously in the eighties where there was a lot of counterfeiting. Just yeah. you know, I know there's always been counterfeited cards, but uh like I was real paranoid. I always say about the Pete Rose card. I never got one, but I was all, always paranoid about that. And then they just started printing cards uh like right there on show site, it seemed like. Um mm-hmm. answer to the question, Dave Augustine, Pepe Manguel, and John Scott.
1: Happy Manuel. Well, that was the one I was thinking. of. I could, yeah. him, I couldn't yeah. remember the name.
0: <laughs> oh, it's good stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how many rice cards do you think you have? You keep track of that on TCDB or anything?
1: I uh, I probably should, but yeah. I, I do have a spreadsheet. I'm up to for his playing days cards. I think there's hundred and twenty. I'm up to about hundred. Yeah, because uh non-playing days I've got a ton. I have a ton of autographs. You go on eBay, you've searched Jim Rice autographs, you get a beautiful slash twenty-five for like ten dollars.
0: Are they still pumping out his cards and like archives and stuff like that? Yes, uh, you been making too many appearances I lately. I don't see him. Yeah, I don't see
1: Pudge him. is the old Red Sox player that's
0: okay getting
1: a lot of play now.
0: Yeah, I like I I like that old like um 2021 platinum anniversary set has the old timers in there. Yeah, I, I have that. I, Jim Rice in that he's one. He's in that one. Okay, yeah. I got a couple of the yazzes from that. So, all right. So we are going to roll up our sleeves here and talk about uh, your beloved. Uh, tell us what set we're going to talk about. We already I know right? tops baseball. That's the first pack you ever ripped. Uh, just yeah, so right. we know, there it is. There's our guy. Yes. We love him. Uh, let's talk a little hey, bit bro. real quick. <laughs> uh, we're going to ask you a question about that in a minute here. Um, yeah. Let's talk about distribution, right? Uh, you know anything about the distribution of this set?
1: Distribution. It was the last year they dis- distributed it in series.
0: I believe there was six series. And I think, if I'm not wrong, uh, there's there's word out there that in some areas they just they released it all at once. Florida. Uh, yeah, Florida was it? Okay. Or
1: as far as I know, Florida was um, was a spot where they just threw it out there.
0: Okay. So these were uh, twenty four packs in a in a wax box, ten cards plus one stick of that yummy bubble gum. Ten cents a pop, Thanks. man. That's a what a bargain that is, huh? A penny a card yeah. and. Uh, it's amazing that even if you sold uh you know even if you sold a common right now for fifty cents or a dollar you're making one hundred x what the thing <laughs> costs right which is
1: yeah crazy yeah, crazy to think about that.
0: Right. uh we had cello packs twenty five cents you got twenty seven cards so uh even better than uh less than a penny a card uh rack yeah. packs fifty four cards for thirty nine cents you you said you did you get a cello or did you uh were you just doing wax back then anything? Oh, The cellos
1: uh my mom used to go every Saturday out shopping with my grandmother. Uh-huh. And more often than not during baseball season, she'd come home with a twenty five cent cello pack for me.
0: Big spender, man. Yeah. That and you're thinking in your mind, I can't wait to grow up. I could buy the cello packs. Right now I'm just yeah, throwing dimes out there. Uh, rack packs were, uh, like I said, 54 cards in a pack, which is great for 39 cents. And they did have vending boxes, uh, which to you and I meant nothing because uh, we never saw vending boxes no, when we were no. kids. So, uh, yeah, uh, we'll talk a little bit about, um, let's see here, Let me get rid of that real quick, talk about the wrappers. Uh, I don't know whether you remember this, but there's four wrappers at least. Um, you probably couldn't differentiate them as a kid. They were just cool rappers, I guess. Right.
1: Yeah. It's just, you saw baseball on the pack. You grabbed their border and opened it.
0: I can't help to think that the artist got a, a little, uh, you know, that if that's not Steve Carlton, I don't know who is right. Left-hander Rapp. with a two on the back and, yeah. And, uh, something else you find interesting is an umpire arguing with a, a manager. On that nice Dick Williams. Dick Williams. Yeah. I guess so with a vest too. Right. You know, yeah. cause, uh, I guess, uh, Dick Williams would have had the vest there early on. Well, it like to profile. Yeah, true that man. I don't, and I don't know about the colors, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, uh, like I said, it's kind of a simple design. It's dominated by a white border. Uh, I got the checklist up now. Nice orange checklist has the tops logo on the checklists. Uh, and I think that's the only place the tops logo appears on the front of the cards. I like to talk about 1979. They were on the front of every card, but, uh, Mustard brown or, or mustard yellow on the back. I think uh I've always kind of liked the backs of those cards, Ed. Um yeah. maybe because of the color scheme. Uh we'll talk about right here the 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 probably the seventy two Red Sox right there in front of the they used mm-hmm. to pose in front of the green monster, right? That yeah. was the the plan there. And in the seventies, the Red Sox would occasionally have a, a floating head pop up in their team cards. Uh thankfully that wasn't the case here. Um, back of the cards, again, that mustard yellow has team records, all sorts of hitting and pitching team records and pennant winners. Uh, Yankees card was crazy with the pennant winners. Red Sox, uh, they didn't do too bad. There are some pennant winners in there um, for sure. So, uh, yeah. And uh, the aforementioned Dick Williams is listed on the back there in 1967 as the manager of the Red Sox and Final pennant until 1975, right?
1: Yes.
0: So the Red Sox were always kind of in it back then, but not quite over the hump, I think, right? In the early, mid-'70s, all that stuff. Yeah. So, uh, all right, uh, team cards. He sent away for these team cards, which had uh, the facsimile signatures of all the players, um, which is cool because the cards didn't have the signatures. Um, no. But the team cards did. It's kind of a team checklist. Uh you have any of these bad boys?
1: I did. Um, they they didn't make it to adulthood with me. <laughs> and I don't know why, because maybe because they weren't numbered. I didn't keep okay. the set. Right. Um, but I did accumulate quite a few of them because my friends that would have them didn't want them. Because oh, they really? Oh, they didn't wow. have a number. They weren't part of the set. Um, I'll take it. Give it to me.
0: Yeah, right i have a couple back there and of course they're they're well loved they have markings on them and stuff like that which Those is are the best they're, they're the best exactly i know in 74 i think they did the same thing they were i think uh instead of blue they were green or whatever so uh kind of a I, I never know what tops had in mind to make people send stuff in to get stuff it seems like uh such an effort to to you know Couple wrappers, couple quarters, couple this, couple that, and then they'd yeah. send something out to you. Why not just insert them into the packs or or whatever? But uh, never quite made any sense to me. Seems like they were complicating things, but uh, whatever. I guess that's why they're kind of rare these days. Those team cards, uh, unmarked and in good shape, are, are worth a lot, right? Oh, now, yeah, for sure. As far as it's set, uh, talk a little bit about the design here. Uh, I got some uh, Buddy Bell action on screen, who uh, is at Yankee Stadium and is great. Uh, great uh, Indians uniforms back in the day. And then there's the rookie card there with Dewey in the middle and Alonza Bumby, and Charlie spikes uh, again, white borders. Uh, I liked from the get go when we would uh, see what I, I called flipping is when you have a stack of cards and you would flip your, your buddy for cards right. and if that yep. outfield matched up, you got the pile, right? Right. So I thought it was the easiest thing in the world when we did our flipping to use the 73 tops because it was it was easy it was color-coded there was a picture of what the guy was doing and there was also the uh, the position written in there so uh, I don't uh, I will fight anybody who thinks this set is too vanilla looking because uh, I think it's got character and it's kind of like addition by subtraction there's not a lot of stuff going on but it's you know it's it's a fun set Um, player name team name all that stuff and the rookie cup is there and uh, we'll get again. We'll get to your boy Pudge in a bit with his rookie cup. Tell me what you know about the managers in the nineteen seventy three set. How uh, confusing is all this to the average collector?
1: Well, you have a couple of different variations on these cards with the backgrounds of the coaches. Some have ears missing. And, <laughs> right? You know, they'll say they were airbrushed out. but I don't know why. Yeah. Um, then you have like you can see in the. Uh, The right-hand side with Vern Morgan and Bob Rogers, they have the trees in the background, and the one on the left, the trees are missing, so I'm not quite sure. It had to be a printing facility issue, I would think.
0: Yeah, but it takes some effort to remove trees and ears and stuff like that. Um, Yeah,
1: it's a great mystery to me.
0: Yeah, if you go to TCDB, it says there's 48 variations, and some of the managers are, are, for example, card 12, Dave Garcia's ear is faded. Dave Garcia's ear is visible. Right. Uh, Solid orange backgrounds uh, with this, like we said. uh, And then there's other coaching cards that say solid orange backgrounds and natural orange backgrounds. Ed, I don't know the difference uh, between solid and natural orange, truth be told. They don't even look orange to me. (laughs) They don't even look orange. And then there's the ear, like we said, the ears and all that stuff. And one of the cool things about um, these coaches' cards is there's a lot of Hall of Famers uh, that were managing and coaching that yeah. year? Um, uh, Yogi with the Mets, I think. Eddie Matthews, uh, all that stuff. So there's a lot of there's a lot of fun stuff. I know Mazeroski is a uh, coach on the Pirates. Uh, Warren Spahn is a coach uh, on the Indians, and uh, just a lot of a lot of fun uh, times in these coaching cards for yeah. sure. You know even though they're uh filled with errors there's still some good times in there to be it has had that's
1: part of the charm
0: <laughs> exactly yeah you don't know the motives of these graphic designers or the the uh, the big wigs like again why does it matter that there's trees um or that there's different the printing i can see the printing thing with the orange you're absolutely right uh depends on a lot of things there but there's also some errors in this set uh like a gap in the black border no gap in the black border i don't know right, you right. caught on any of that but
1: yeah that buddy bell was the one with the gap that you showed
0: yeah let me see if i could find that uh yeah. that is a, right near the a sign gap right there yeah right right near the schaefer sign yeah absolutely which is crazy but uh you know for a master set I think uh, this is pretty, you know, 660 cards plus whatever for a master Yeah, there's, set. Quite,
1: there's quite a bit of variations you have yeah, to track down.
0: Yeah, so uh, I would not recommend it for anybody unless they, if that's all they wanted to do was 73s because uh, it can be brutal, I'm sure. Yeah,
1: I'm happy with a base set. Yeah,
0: exactly, man. If I get some, I get some. You know, if I get well, some you, of the other ones. So.
1: You know, you talk about the printing quality. I think part of the fact with that, too, is it wasn't really important to turn out a quality product. Right. I mean, these things were going to sell to kids 15 and under, whatever. They were going to buy them no matter what they looked like.
0: And they were going to age out, right? The kids were going to yeah. age out, and the cards weren't going to come with them.
1: Right. Uh, and like now, you mean you see all the, the problems they're having in printing facilities now, and they're trying to get it perfect. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're trying so, to make tens, right? Yeah. Well, we didn't, uh, we didn't care, because like you said, no. we used to play with our cards. I cars. still don't. Right. I, I don't care that much either, Ed. I'm, I'm, and that's why you're here is because your, your opinion is one I respect and, and look up to. So you're yeah. absolutely right. We, uh, we need more Ed's in the world. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I'm selling a
1: card, I won't sell a card that's, you know, especially with modern. If it, if I don't think it's going to pass right. today's collector's scru- scrutiny, I won't put it up.
0: I sold a 52 Ray Boone card today, but. The description says corner dings and rounded and stained. And if well, uh, that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't scare person, you off. I don't. Nothing will, you know.
1: No, the person buying that card is not going to care about that because right. they know that's that's part of the gig in the vintage,
0: especially at the price. I'm not selling it for yeah. fifty dollars. And if you're being upfront, yeah, yeah,
1: you know, like me, I would buy that card because it's yeah. probably cheaper than something that's going to grade out a very good or a or better.
0: I got boxes of 50s and 60s cards behind me uh, that I'm working towards completing sets that are all sorts of stuff, you know, like the, when the kids yeah. would write what, what team the player was treated oh, yeah. to in the middle of the season. It's written a, on those cards, you know?
1: I had a friend of mine that pulled the Nolan Ryan rookie out of some a suitcase he used to keep cards in. This was probably about five years ago. Oh, and he pulled the Nolan Ryan rookie that was curled up. That was definitely... Oh, that that's priced. great. He's exactly. awesome. don't even remember that card, right, but it was in the bottom of that suitcase. Uh, I, I hate for years late earlier.
0: Yeah, I hate for people to get to a certain stage in life where suddenly they their re- biggest regrets is how they treated their baseball cards yeah. when they're eight years old. You know, it's uh, bigger I, things to worry I, about.
1: I'd be a basket case if yeah. I let that bother me.
0: For sure. Uh let's talk about the leaders. Uh some great uh leaders. Uh that is uh obviously Carlton coming off a monster year, victory, strikeouts, all that stuff. Oh, that
1: twenty seven wins was unbelievable. Yeah.
0: He yeah. only won fifty nine games. Yeah, they were a horrible team. And uh be careful, you get traded to a crappy team if you complain he wanted Bob Gibson money and ended yeah. up in Philly. And well, you won a couple Cy Young's and a and a ring, so didn't work out too bad. And uh, no one's over there. No one was kind of pitching into the oblivion there in Anaheim. Um, yeah. Poor fella, but he was racking up the K's. A uh, nice little three player card with the victory leaders, Carlton from the NL and Gaylord Perry and Wilbur Wood, who could probably pitch five days a week back then, I would think, right? Pitch oh, both <laughs> ends with a double head on more than one occasion. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, these kids these days, like, you know, Tug Girl pitching seven innings of relief. An yeah. And he's your closer, right? Uh, yeah, the leaders would be listed on the back. Uh, fun stuff back there. Great, great way to recap the previous year. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Uh, now 71 obviously is known for, uh, the advent of action cards. 72 had actual in, in action cards, but 73, yeah. um, man, there were some great action cards in that yeah. set. Uh, yeah. for sure. I agree. Um, you know, and taken from all different angles. Some in the dugout, some uh, you know, look like they were in the upper deck. Reggie Jackson's card looks like it was taken from center field, like there was somebody out there with him. Um, and yeah, that, it a- looks. I just that facial
1: expression. I'm that's one of my favorite cards of all time. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's just like he's in, he's doing it.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's. He looks like uh it just looks like a bad acid trip and it doesn't even look like Reggie, you know, like we can't see his eyes. Is yeah. Yeah, it's all everything's all contorted there. So fun cards. Ron Reed, who was about uh six foot fourteen, uh falling off the mound. Yeah. Probably at Candlestick, I would imagine. Catch well, that's what I was just going
1: to say, because you got the chain link at Candlestick Park there.
0: Yeah, that's how I'll, I'll always be able to call out uh, Candlestick, because yeah, in the exactly. 70s, we remember that chain yeah, link yeah. fence.
1: Bobby Bonds, same thing.
0: Let me bring that up, Ed. Hold on. Yeah, and Pops, right?
1: Yeah, with Willie Stardew. Yeah,
0: yeah that's yeah. great, man. It's uh, Bobby Bonds, I don't know how many different teams, he's depicted on in the seventies, but, uh, we'll have he, to do, let figure he, that out,
1: huh? <laughs> he traveled. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. He didn't like to stay one place too long.
1: I don't think one place liked him to stay. too <laughs> long. <either.
0: laughs> uh, we'll talk about, let's talk about card number one. Cause this, this card, uh, exactly. this, this set that you and I talk about, uh, we talked about before came on, there is so much meat in this set. Uh, unlike any other seventies set, I would imagine, um, So imagine 1973, we're going into 73, and Willie obviously is ahead of, or Willie is obviously behind Hank Aaron at this point.
1: Yeah, Willie Uh, only has six home runs left.
0: Yeah, so Willie in 69 hit 13, I think in 70 he hit 28, 71, 18, and 72, 8. Meanwhile, old Henry Louis Aaron, who it's his birthday today, by the way, in 69 he's hitting 44 home runs, 70, 38, Seventy-one thir- uh, forty-seven home runs and seventy-two thirty-four. So he's not messing around. Uh he no, realizes he, he closed have money.
1: with a bang.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think forty-seven was his career high. And imagine hitting that your career high in Homer's eighteenth year in the in the league or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, they're closing in on Babe. Uh Topps uh kind of doesn't really I always say Tops Topps is not sentimental at all and never has been. And it's interesting how they portrayed uh, the whole home run chase both in 73 and 74 so i think they felt it was coming and uh enough to give this its own card um did you see this card as a kid and say who is Babe Ruth and who is Willie Mays and who is Hank Aaron or oh no you, i knew who they were by that you time you were aware huh did you pull this one out of the pack do you think oh yeah i had that card that's a beauty man yeah what a way to start a set right um we we used to we're used to a lot of league leader cards starting the sets and all that stuff back then. But this thing, man, right out of the bat, you have uh, three heavyweights and, uh, instead of colorizing Babe Ruth, which I don't think they had the technology to do then then they black and whited, uh, uh, Hank Aaron and Willie Mays yeah. depicted, uh, even though he's got the NY on his hat, it's a, obviously it's a, um, Mets hat, right? Cause Shea stadiums behind him. Yep. So, uh, We'll talk about your guys here now. Uh, let's see here. A Pudge, obviously, uh, iconic card for everybody in Massachusetts. Uh, Pudge looks. I always thought Pudge looked like Tom Brady in that picture. Yeah, Tom Brady I think, like think he's
1: looking at somebody saying, can we get this over with?
0: <laughs> he was a little – he'd been around for a while at that point, right, didn't he? He, when, he, was, when, uh,
1: he came up in 69 for a cup of coffee, bounced around, and then uh, 71 he got the call up, and he stuck at that point.
0: And he battled it out with uh for the rest of the decade with Munson, right? I know that they weren't friends. I that know was, that they that was were a big
1: rivalry. They had a couple yeah, of real field spats.
0: Yeah, I read a book. I just read a book called The Captain and Me by Ron Bloomberg. And it was it was yeah. it wasn't they didn't beat around the bush there. There was definitely animosity uh between the two and oh uh, yeah, both professionally and personally, I think, right? So uh, goose is over there. We got goose throwing in the uh, on the sides at spring training. He is a White Sox. He's another guy that would travel around the league a bunch in the seventies yeah. and then in the eighties as well. Uh, and then we have the second year card of Ron Say, and uh, we have John Hilton and Mike Schmidt. This card, you're saying you need to uh, attain this card, huh? Yes. It's probably the most. Uh, Valuable, consistently valuable, and iconic uh, player card of the the '70s, which is again interesting. We're talking, you talk about Jim Rice, but uh, pretty uh, pretty big deal. This card, and um, I like to say that the '70s kind of you know kind of bridged the gap uh, between the inner circle Hall of Famers of the '50s and '60s, and then obviously we had a bunch of Hall of Famers in the '80s come along. Uh, and earlier, but uh, Schmidt's one of those shoulder players that played seventies uh, and eighties and and did all right. But uh, yeah, I, I have the card. I'm not in love with the card. Um, there's many other '73 tops cards that I think are much more attractive than this one. But this one kind of has the value. Are huh? you going to buy this graded, raw, or whatever? No, I'll buy I'll buy that raw. There's, um the gentleman I get most of
1: my vintage from. Is a fellow named Charlie O'Neill. He's from Rensselaer, New York. Yep. And he comes down. He was at the show yesterday, um, in Cranston. And he comes to the two Shriner shows that one in the spring and one in the fall. And I kind of because I can trust him, he's been doing this for fifty years, and um he has quality, quality items at real good prices. Uh, Mark Mark buys a lot from him also.
0: Yeah, Mark's trying to shame me to come up there for the uh, Shriners show. Yeah, yeah. It might uh, might just work.
1: Shriners would be a good one for you. That'd be (laughs) (laughs)
0: good. You talk about rookies. Uh, We showed Buddy Bell earlier. Uh, A lot of other 70s names like Steve Yeager, um, Dave Goltz, obviously Gossage. Um, Let's see here. Billy North was was one of those guys. Gary Maddox uh, had a solo card. Uh, You said Booney, right? Bob Boone. Boone. Um, Rick Russell, Rick Russell, yep, exactly. Um, those
1: are the only those are the ones that I'm um, that I take note. Let's of.
0: see if I could find any more. There's, you know, what's funny is TCDB lists uh, Danny Ozark's card as a rookie card, <laughs> rookie uh, manager. Would, me. Yeah, but he's the only rookie manager. But uh, <laughs> that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Uh, I guess Jack McKean's the same way. They list him that way. Uh, as far as three player cards, there's uh, Ken Reitz who was a good third baseman, I think, back in the 70s, right? Enos Cabell's in there. Uh, Gary Matthews, so you had both Garys. Uh, Doc Medich, rookie card. Uh, Davey Lopes, rookie card. Uh, Charlie Huff, That doesn't sound right. Boy, it sounded like I thought he was pitching in the 50s, it felt like, right? Uh, And, uh, yeah, all these guys were grouped according to position, right? Yeah. Uh, yep. I think 71, we kind of deviated from that in 72 as well. Uh, but these guys, uh, three player cards all by position. Uh, what else can we talk about? Uh, the, the post cards, uh, again, this is, uh, yeah, actually, look at old Thurman. Is that Thurman in there?
1: No, that's, no, uh, that's free. Bill yeah. free
0: right. Yeah. That was, uh, call Billy Martin's tigers. Right. Now, interesting about
1: this these playoffs was that all all three series, the two-league championship series and the World Series, all went all went to max.
0: Max, right, which uh, this is the uh, dawn of the dynasty age uh, where we have three in a row, 72, 73, 74 by the A's. Yep. Uh, this is 75, 76 Reds, and then the Yankees, 77, 78. And uh, the Reds would flip that, and then I think it was 76, they would go... They would sweep everybody, I think, yeah, yeah, they did, so the big red machine was hopping along, uh the a's, those crazy, amazing off the off the wall a's were there, right, they're doing yeah, their yeah. thing, um so uh then we have the World Series. And like you said, it's a nice little recap of uh the World Series and it deserves seven. You know, they gave one card per uh league championship series, but they gave a card per game in the in the World yeah. Series. Yeah. Uh tennis the menace, what a great uh what a great headline that is on that yeah. card. You came
1: out uh, of nowhere in that series.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh so uh fun stuff, and we're gonna talk a little bit about another pitcher later on, but the game Five card is cool because John Blue Moon Odom is about to be out at the plate by john yeah. Bench. And hey, we didn't we didn't see pitchers running around much, but uh, well, uh Blue Moon was running the field, right? I remember watching the game and when he was out at the plate, he was practically
1: begging the o'clock <laughs> to call him safe.
0: He just like <laughs> case. no. Was that the last year of the DH? Or was that the...
1: 72 was the last year before the DH. 72, 72. so the first year of DH,
0: but the league, I don't think they adopted it for the series yet.
1: Oh, Actually, that was 72 season. They hadn't adopted it. No,
0: they hadn't had it yet. You're right. Yep, I'm sorry. I forget how crazy that is. Uh, And moving on to game uh, seven, campy starts a winning rally. I always hate when teams win championships on the road, but uh, they did that at Riverfront, obviously. Uh, World champions there. Nice little Shot of the Bat Boy, whoever that is, and uh big puffy green jacket.
1: The Bat Boy is probably MC Hammer. <laughs>
0: it's MC Hammer, man. Uh, good stuff. All right. Now, just to prove that we weren't messing around when we said how incredible the set was, uh, let's talk about this, right? Uh, yeah. Tops, again you'd see people pop up back in the day I know they they did some Babe Ruth stuff in what 62 Babe Ruth and Gehrig and stuff like yeah. that but uh they didn't they weren't sentimental too much about their history but uh, look at here uh Tops uh gets freaky uh with obviously we saw uh Babe card number 1 but uh we get a little deeper here with uh Hits Leader uh, I had to put Garrick in there because normally we don't count grand slams as too big of a stat. Uh, it's a big deal, but not enough to to have a retrospective card. But we had to get Garrick in there somewhere. Hank Aaron, total bases. Uh, Ruth, his last card probably as an RBI leader, right? Because I guess Hank wasn't too far behind at right, that point. Yeah. Cobb they, was such a good hitter that not only was he the all-time hit leader for another well, maybe eight or nine years. He was also uh, the all-time batting average leader, but uh, he was so good they only used that. You only used to have to use one picture for him, right? So, same picture there for Cobb, depicting his three sixty seven career average. Um, Walter Johnson's in there with uh, shutouts, one thirteen. Cy Young, five eleven wins, and Walter Johnson with a different picture is your strikeout leader. So I know we like to say never say never, but, uh, there's some stats there that don't look like they're ever going to fall. Right. Cobb, uh, 367. Yeah. Walter uh, Johnson, Walter Johnson, uh, shutouts. And then Cy young, you know, people Cy like, to, yeah. they'd like to talk about unbreakable, uh, stats. Uh, there's so many of them in baseball. You can't, you can't put too much brain power in it because there's, there's too many, uh, to go around. Yeah. Um, all right, so speaking of heavy hitters here, I don't know what happened with my graphics, but we're going to go with this. Uh, Hank Aaron, nice shot of him. He's depicted as a first, base, first baseman there yep. um, at the vet. That's, that's the vet behind him. I know those, those uh, bleacher covers, like the back of my hand and that green fence. Harmon Kilbrew playing in a Cleveland municipal stadium with a couple hundred of his friends in the stands. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. You know, that was, that was typical in the 70s
0: yeah yeah and you see stuff that way back like in the fifties and and sixties you you see stan- like we like to think that there was forty thousand people at every game there wasn't Yeah, no um, you know, and and uh, I'm always fascinated why, if you look at the picture of Killebrew, like further down the third baseline, there's a lot of people, but closer to home plate, there's not a lot of people. Yeah. You know, like what's the harm of letting these people get yeah, closer like, to the action? You know? No, you didn't pay for that seat. Nope, <laughs> yep, stay there. Yeah, you could not cross that aisle. And then we have Willie Mays, who uh, it's commonly referred to as his final playing days card. Yes. Um, we know he would appear on a a. a card the next season a playoff a world series card uh this is the card i know we're we're not we're not supposed to have regrets ed but this is the one i saw on the pile top of a pile on a box that sat on my porch when we moved from philadelphia to the suburbs and it sat there for probably four or five months and until one day that box was gone and uh that was the card it was on top and uh so I always thought it was in my mind, but my brothers confirmed that, um, so I wish I had that box back, which would have been my brother's cards. Um, but Willie look scared there? you know, maybe scared of retirement, yeah, you know, but it's a it's an interesting shot for sure. I assume that's spring training as well, uh, but who knows <laughs> uh but anyway, some great these guys, if these guys you know like I said, these guys stretch us back to the early to mid fifties uh, as far as baseball. Uh, lineage. So, yeah. um, there's no doubt about that. Let's talk about going to talk about, uh, a fun thing I showed you before we got on the air. And it's, uh, a nice shot of, um, Mickey Scott and Mickey Scott is a, uh, rather ordinary left-handed pitcher for the, um, uh, Orioles. And, uh, one of the things I want to point out though, the pitcher icon at the bottom right or avatar uh if it was a left-handed pitcher, they flipped that around in most cases from what i gather and the right-handed one would depict a right-hander which i thought was kind of neat yeah. Uh, yeah so i think they yeah but what i what i've uh my research indicated to me that uh there's a nice walt disney world banner a uh, b- sign on the back of the uh what looks like i guess left field there so yeah. nice little shout out to Moushiwicz down there. You know, that's uh, probably
1: right around the time Walt Disney World opened.
0: When did that open? Do we know? Because it it's in the early 70s. Oh, there you go. Right. How cool is that? A little piece of Americana right there. And the the they, 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 you can't go wrong. Yeah. You know? <laughs> wow, man. That's crazy that you just drew that parallel. How crazy <laughs> is that? Oh my gosh. I'm, uh, my mind's blown over here. So I'm <laughs> going to have to sweep it up after, after we go here. Yeah. Uh, Talk about this one too, right? I know you, yeah. uh, you love your boomer. Everybody up there loves their boomer, even the though play
1: that never was. Yes. It never was. Yeah. Boomers. A, boomer was a great guy.
0: So we're looking at here. What's weird about this picture is, uh, from what I gather is the stands are oriented in a direction different than what is actual, you know, first base side of a field. Cause everybody's looking out towards center field. Yeah. Um, Who's that number 19 There is that. That's not Gene yeah. Tennis' – that's Campy? Okay. Yeah. All right, I got you. So Campy sliding back into first. Uh, I think I see the ball over Campy's left elbow, which is kind of oh, cool. Yeah, uh, And a pickoff play at first base. Now, what we see here is George Scott wearing a road jersey for the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, we see what appears to be – County Stadium bleachers in the back, though, so that's one of these mysteries of did they put the audience? Did they put the player? What What do you think happened? Yeah,
1: uh, uh, just... I'm not sure in on that one. That That doesn't make any sense. But
0: it's weird, cut and paste, right? A lot of stuff doesn't make sense in this set. The only you know thing that does make sense, which I love, is the uh, pennant in the background over. I think George Scott's head. I think that's yeah. a pennant, but uh, yeah. that's pretty fun. Just uh, that is something that wasn't sold and traded like it is now these were actually taken to games and waved
1: in the yeah, air. Yeah, a lot of them fun. just left behind at the end of the game. <laughs>
0: yeah, they made out of felt for crying out loud. Uh now this next card is one I've gotten wrong many times. Well, I got it wrong once, but uh I thought it was the uh Mets Cleon Jones sliding into home plate see Pat Corrales and agony. Yeah. Um it it is Fergie Jenkins and that was proven uh Several times over by people. Uh, What I found recently, which I think is pretty cool, is this picture right here of the other animal before it all goes wrong, right? So that's great. Uh that would have been just as good a card, but uh maybe it just didn't highlight uh Pat Corrales enough. But uh and I don't know who's in the uh I don't know who the third base coach was, but he's pretty far down the line too, kind of blocked by Corrales. I don't know whether it's DeRocher. I don't think he would have been on third base. But everything's in there. We got a bat. We got a flying pitcher. We got the mustard <laughs> yellow uniforms. Yeah. Uh,
1: that is a great picture.
0: Wrigley Field, right? Uh, I see some bats there. The bat rack is right at the the front of the dugout. So, yeah, yeah it's a little fun little piece of history there uh, for baseball. Uh, let me see what else I can find. Uh, we'll go to this guy, which is probably the most iconic card of the set, right? Clemente's yeah. last card, number 50. Um, and remember I said that tops was not very sentimental, so we wouldn't see any kind of, you know, tribute to him the following year, just like we didn't see for Thurman Munson a couple of years later, but right. very rarely do players have their career stats on the back of cards. Very rarely does a player get exactly 3000 hits in the major leagues. And, uh, I've wondered and asked questions to Clemente fans, uh, as, whether they thought Clemente would have kept going. Uh, I guess he would have been 39 the next year or midway through the next year. So who knows if he would have come back. Um, do you have any recollection of his passing or were you too young for that? No,
1: no. I remember that. It was all over the news. Okay. I
0: yeah. Yeah. It seems like baseball players would go away at the end of the year and you never hear from them until opening day again. But this was. Yeah. And
1: the thing her. was, it wasn't that long after Jackie Robinson passed
0: away. Yeah. True. Yeah, didn't he give a in the seventy two World Series or? or yeah, it was it,
1: maybe a week.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe a
1: week after the seventy two World Series, it was. Yeah,
0: uh, crazy. Maybe. But uh, Clemente, obviously a hobby darling, and rightfully so. Uh, and it's an interesting card because he had some great cards, that's for sure. But it's an interesting card and kind of a of a reflective card too. You know, kind of a silhouetted thing of him. So, yeah, uh, you have this one, Ed. I do. Okay, it's a pretty important card right here. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's that's probably the most iconic card of the set.
0: Yeah, for sure. Not
1: valuable, but yeah, you know, for for the situation as it was, and being his last card after he already
0: passed away. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, we know back then that you know, once these they printed these things off, it felt like in August the year before you know yeah. but I'm, I'm i know i'm exaggerating but uh this thing was already to to print and be, packaged before he passed away mm-hmm. um yeah you know, interestingly obviously we saw gil hodges die i think at 72 was it spring in spring training. training and yeah. uh you know tops wasn't able to recognize that but i think the opt version had um uh, had that in there had his passing printed on the card so, cool stuff. Uh, now, here's another thing here for you. This, this is home-cooked for you. I don't know anything about it, but uh, we have this guy who we both adore. And uh, obviously, he's like, hey, Yaz, can I get your picture? And that's about all you got from Yaz. Looks like Yaz Reggie Smith's bat. I was just going to say, is that a seven I see on the back of there? Or on the uh, bottom FG's, of that? Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy, huh? <laughs> was it Just Reggie must have been in a cage. Hey, give me that. <laughs> give me that bat, yeah. And what's interesting, we got a... Uh, we got a catcher in that cage, too. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know yeah. if any catchers. You know, that practice. the funny thing is,
1: there, there was a lot of, a lot of stories that uh, Yaz and Reggie didn't get along. And, really? And uh, they chipped Reggie out to St. Louis uh, because Yorkie decided he didn't want him around anymore. I don't never really had anybody come out and say it huh. was a pact, and players have never spoke towards it, as far as I know. But that was always a rumor back in the day, especially around the time Reggie got traded. Interesting. Um, to the Cardinals,
0: sick, right? Didn't before. he go to the Cardinals? Yeah, who yeah. did yeah, he, and he had, they get for him? Carbo?
1: Yeah, Carbo, uh Rick Wise. And Rick or Wise. Reggie Cleveland. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. Okay. Who yeah. of
1: those three came back for, in that Reggie swap?
0: Yeah. See, I didn't know that. I thought, you know, Reggie, you know, I, I liked Reggie Smith. I thought Reggie Smith was one of I the best players in the seventies. Uh so imagine that, imagine that team if Reggie Smith had stayed, but well, yeah, I always didn't said we had much. Dewey coming up anyway. I was so gonna say, Dewey yeah, up. yeah they didn't lose much by reggie going away obviously Dewey no. was just as good if not a better player all around as well so uh yeah reggie would get a ring eventually i think at 81 but uh yeah, yeah. no
1: reggie was a great player especially when he went to the dodgers it's kind of like his career took off again
0: yeah for sure so there's this and apparently yaz was in the simpsons episode uh <laughs> and which is kind of cool right for a guy that certainly didn't seek out the spotlight. No, uh, not at all. He became kind of a, 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 the baseball representative to the Simpsons. Uh, maybe it was the same for me. Like then they found the name hilarious Yeah, and, uh, that's why they went for it. But all um, the
1: writers probably wanted to pre-
0: to prove they could spell it. Yeah. Well, that's again, I say all the time, I have no idea how I, uh, why I chose the most difficult name in baseball history as my favorite player. But, uh um, glad i did man it's yeah fun having his cards i'm at about maybe 200 a little bit more than 200 of his cards uh and i know there's thousands right uh we're we're again we'd be screwed if we tried to track them all down but
1: yeah and the thing is if you buy the last
0: one what else is there there's another one coming out too i'm sure right. right yeah i love the chase yeah for sure man uh yeah it's good times uh that's what this whole thing is about and and i like to preach that you know, you do it the right way because I like to say it's an opportunity. You say you're a bit scatterbrained sometimes, but you got to zag when everybody else is zagging. Yeah. Or, you know, I you go where my attention goes, yeah. I follow. It's yeah, for sure. It's to
1: be very narrow. I mean, I like to be narrow in my pursuits at that moment. Right. But something else may catch my attention tomorrow, and I'm like, that's nice. Especially when I look at other people's collections. I see things right. I didn't know existed. I'm like, I want that
0: yeah you like like I've said, you go to a show with something on your mind or even five cards on your mind, and what happens if you go over for five it's a you know and that's all you spent your time you know I like to yeah. work you know we do have you know we're kind of like goldfish where we're pretty surprised when we swim to the other side of the tank and there's a, a castle there, and the castle's been there the whole time, but it's fun getting distracted and, and picking up stuff and uh you get more knowledge that way too, right yeah. you learn learn about. Things and players. And, you know, I didn't expect that I'd have a box full of non sports cards in the 50s, in the early 60s, but I love that stuff. It's great, you know. So, what about you? Do you have any non sports stuff, Ed? Are you strictly baseball? We didn't talk about any of the yeah. other sports.
1: Yeah, I'm 95% baseball. Anything I have for the other sports would be um, around the local team Celtics, Bruins, Red Sox.
0: Rank those four Um, teams in your heart, please. In
1: my heart, I would have to say the Celtics would be number two. Okay. You know, they haven't, the Patriots have had the success, but I loved basketball as a kid. Okay. Kind of the way the NBA has evolved over the last 20 or so years after Bird and Magic, Mm -hmm. it's changed, and I'm not so attracted to it anymore, but. All time, I mean those Celtics teams of the sixties that I only read about, but then they continued into the seventies, then the Bird years,
0: right? Um, they were just they were great. So uh, I've talked to Mark about Bird. There's nothing that guy couldn't do. Like if you you if you wanted him to be your point guard, he probably would have been the best point guard in the league. If you right? want to lead leading score, he could have done that too. Yeah, exactly. He was. Uh, he's a. He's somebody that every kid should have to watch if you're going to be a basketball fan because what he would do out there was amazing. Uh, Who's the greatest basketball player of all time in your mind?
1: All time's got to be Bill Russell.
0: Okay. You're a homer. I get it.
1: But it's a team game. He has the rings. Yeah.
0: Pretty sure Will Chamberlain may have gotten 50 rebounds on him one night, but whatever.
1: Yeah. He probably did more than once. (laughs) More than likely, the Celtics won the game.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> and that's how Bill. That's how Bill, that's how Bill Russell yeah. It. yeah, it's a he team guy. To win, yeah. and I guess I I should have qualified that as far as player because to me he's the greatest winner. Right, there were probably a lot of other guys, which there were a lot of the guys are probably more talented. Mm-hmm. Um, but the greatest winner, the greatest team player, to me in any sport is him. I mean, he won the championship eleven out of thirteen years. Right. Two of those years he was a player coach. Right. He won two NCAA titles and a gold medal. The guy never lost.
0: San Francisco State, right? Yeah. Yeah, but he was never a Harlem Globetrotter like Wilt was. No. <laughs> and they won every game, Ed, okay? Globetrotters. Yes. Globetrotters won every game.
1: Yeah, and I don't disparage Wilt in any way. <laughs> but um, yeah. like, when it comes to team players, like, you just can't argue with the record.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. You're right. Uh Greatest baseball player of all time, not favor, but who do you think is the greatest baseball? Player greatest of all
1: baseball time? player of all time, I have to say Willie Mays. Okay, interesting. He did that, it on both ends, center field, hitting. I mean,
0: yeah, but man, I, I can't help to think if Ted hadn't been on vacation for four and a half years, their numbers would have been the same, or Ted, Ted would have had that, better numbers.
1: Yep, yeah. you know. Ted, Ted's definitely there in the top five. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I just think it's Willie's ability on the defensive end.
0: Yeah. So, and there was nothing like him that he was the first of his kind, which is, and he still stood the test of time, right? right. I mean, there was nobody like him uh, when he came around. You know, no. nobody.
1: And Oh, uh, he revolutionized
0: it. Yeah. And now you're looking at, you know, your guys like Griffey and, and, and all those guys that came around later. Uh, I don't know how many more there are like Griffey, but like – you know, those are direct the mold of uh of uh Willie Mays for sure. So yeah. you know, I, I never got behind Willie too much because I never liked any of his cards for whatever reasons. You know, I like to talk about photogenic players like Billy Williams or or Clemente, but you know, for some reason uh Mays' cards were never attractive to me. But man, a heck of a ball player, huh? Yeah. And we keep learning like I have to. I get into little spats with people sometimes. Somebody on Twitter uh, had their Mount Rushmore for the Yankees, and it was uh, uh, Ruth, Gehrig, uh, Mantle, and Barron. And I'm like, how can you leave Joe DiMaggio out of that? And That's uh, tough one. and he said, uh, somebody said, like, well, the guy said, shot back, well. Barra had ten rings. I said, Well, if you're going right rings, DiMaggio had nine, so then you gotta get rid of Ruth and, and Garrick, who didn't yeah. have nine rings, you know. It's, it, but it took DiMaggio three votes to get into the Hall of Fame. So. Crazy, man. This guy <laughs> I another thing I tell people about that is like he I hate that we're talking about the Yankees, but another like he essentially did it himself, right? I mean, he had Gehrig around for a few years in the beginning and Bear around for a few years at the end. But yeah. He was like, Oh, there was nobody to protect him in that lineup for Yeah, no, of the his 40s. early,
1: his early years in the thirties was, I mean, that's when Gehrig transitioned out. Ruth was yeah. already gone. Yeah. Um, they had good teams, but they didn't have the star power and they won in the fifties. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. For sure, man. Crazy. All right. That's enough Yankees talk. Uh, They're great. And- <laughs> Although who Gehrig is, is one of my favorite non Red Sox players. Okay. Well, you know, that's, what's great about the history of the sport. Um, you know, Ty Cobb has grown on me, even though he spent a brief time with the Philadelphia A's and sure it didn't impact his career that much, but like, he's grown on me. The more I find out about him, he's, he's in the mold of uh, guys like Lefty Grove and then Williams and then Yastrzemski where they didn't care about talking about it. They just wanted to do it. They didn't want want to talk to reporters. They didn't care who they offended. They were just competitors. And uh, I love that stuff and all that stuff. So, well, Ed, thank you. Seventy-three was a great year. It absolutely uh, was for sure. I appreciate it, um, man. Uh, underrated set. Yes. I think uh, what you and I are seeing in our uh, later years of collecting is more of an appreciation for it, though, which is great because I think oh, there people... was there was one more I wanted to mention. Let me have it.
1: The, the card where the guy's name on the card is not there.
0: Joe Rudy. That's uh, Gene the, Tennis, isn't
1: it? Gene Tennis, and I. To get the other two players.
0: It might be wow. a bill North, but yeah, there's, there's some of that going on, uh, for sure. And, and I would be, uh, if I didn't mention again, that this is one of those sets got a lot of airbrushing and stuff like that. You know, it, it, it's still, look at that. It's amazing Billy North. They didn't even take the Chicago off the jersey. Give me a give me the green pen. All right. Yeah, they didn't even take the Chicago off. Isn't that awesome?
1: They're like, we've done enough airbrushing. We're running yeah. out.
0: And you know what? I look at that card and I I like, oh, Billy North played for the Cubs, you know, or whatever. You know, like yeah. you, didn't, you didn't think that, right? But it's uh, sometimes they point out there's one in 74 where they just didn't care. Uh, yeah. It was like a. You know they just didn't care. They kept the player in his uniform and and put a different team name on on the card. So uh well thanks, man. I appreciate the time. No I appreciate for having me on. I appreciate the again, I appreciate the way you collect and the way you go about it and all that stuff. And I have to get up there to see you and Mark in action. Um Yeah, and, it'd be a great time. Yeah, what do you got? You got a you got a gator jersey there on next to your couch? What's going on, on your left?
1: To, to, to Greenwell. Side. Yeah. Oh no, that's that's that, that's
0: one of my jerseys. That oh oh, that's green. All right, that's an Ed Green <laughs> original. What number are you, Ed? Fourteen. Fourteen. There you go. Yeah, I thought it was a green. Well, just yeah, that was that was
1: my last season of playing baseball, which was eight, seven years ago. I played till I was fifty. Real baseball, not softball. Yes. No, Hardball, baseball. huh? That's crazy, man. Good and for that's, you. That's that's the lasting remembrance of that
0: final season. What were you? What position were you playing?
1: But that's well, when I was young, growing up, I was pitcher and shortstop. But okay. by the time later in life, I just played wherever they needed. I I walked. I showed up with an infield glove, an outfield glove, and the first. <laughs> the only thing I wasn't going
0: to do was catch. Oh, that's good stuff, man. What's on? And on the other side, there you have a picture. I is it Yaz with the red hat on? That's Yaz and Pudge. But just to the left of that picture, or oh, that's t- Denny Doyle. Danny Doyle. And where is that? Is that mountains? Is that at spring training? Can't no, that's at Fenway. That's the green oh, that's at Fenway. Okay.
1: Now, the thing with that wall is I call that the red cap era wall because that's yeah. 75 to 78 man. when they wore the red caps. Yep. yep. Um, and, and the pullover the game, Yeah. The last game they ever wore those uniforms and those caps was the Bucky Dent game. Was it really? So that era did not end on a solid note. Wow. Yeah. Because 79, okay. they came they yeah. went back to the old ju- old uniforms in 79.
0: I got you. Yeah. Denny but Doyle. that whole
1: huh? wall, like the, the jersey you can see to the left of Denny yep. Doyle is Fred Lynn. And then to the left of him, down further, is Jim Rice.
0: Okay. I
1: got you. And so, And I have a picture of those three way down the other end. Um, and I got it signed at Shriners mm-hmm. a couple years ago. And I showed, I got a picture with all three of them. And I get to spend about five minutes talking to them. Oh, good. As a fanboy, you know? Right, right. And um, I showed them all that wall, and they were just blown away by
0: it. Brings back memories for them, yeah, too, you know? Pretty cool. It's cool seeing some of these guys on Twitter. Uh, yeah. I know Fred Lynn's very active. I think he just had his knee done or knee? Oh, yeah. Done, and I was, right? he, showed,
1: he showed the picture of his two knees.
0: Yeah. But he's pretty active on there. And Fergie, yeah, you know, there's a lot of old socks out there. Fergie's yeah. out there. And, and uh Yeah, it's fun to see these guys. Uh, I think I'm always amazed at Wade Boggs, who I don't consider very likable when he played. And I don't say I disliked him, but he wasn't, you know, you didn't gravitate towards him. He was a great hitter. No,
1: you didn't get the warm and fuzzies over Wade Boggs, but he was a good player.
0: And, you know... no,
1: you see him at shows. He's
0: amazing, very engaging. Yeah, wow. the way he treats his fans is yeah. absolutely amazing, yeah. and he's always. I see videos of him signing, smiling, and I think that that's awesome. Um Because I just see when
1: he played, he was so ultra focused.
0: Exactly. Yeah, he was intense, he really, right? Really, you
1: know. And hey, that's what it is what it is to be a great hitter like that. Yeah, yeah. But you got to dial in.
0: He's at the office, right? He yes. needs to focus so. Well, that's good. I'm glad we got to talk about some of that stuff because that's what it's all about. We're all fanboys, and it's fun to uh, it's fun to 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 just talk about that. That's what we would do if there weren't any cameras or microphones around, anyway. So that's right. uh, Stick around. You can watch me. uh, You can physically watch me bobble my lines here as I uh, jump us out of the show. Absolutely. so thanks for joining me and ed or ed and i this week thank you oh, for my... having
1: me john i appreciate it
0: right oh man we went back in time and if you have a comment or suggestion uh or you want ed to pitch at your next uh baseball game <laughs> reach out to me at uh that 70s card show at gmail.com 70s card on twitter that 70s card show on youtube uh music on the podcast is by mango safari um Ed, thanks again. Uh I urge you to enjoy collecting and more importantly, enjoy your collection and and recording. Here we go.